This is Tuffy Stone, and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben Arnott, and I'd like to welcome you to this very special bonus episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast, Australia's first barbecue podcast. Why is this an exciting episode? Well, the soundbite at the top of the episode may have just given it away. I was very fortunate to be able to travel from the Gold Coast to Melbourne and have two glorious days at Meatstock Melbourne. It was my first time going to a Meatstock festival and I've got to tell you, I've never seen anything like it. This thing was a juggernaut of barbecue. There were 48 teams making it the biggest barbecue competition in Victorian history from all over Australia with teams ranging from as far as Country Boys Barbecue in Queensland to Sandgroper Barbecue in Western Australia. There was a stage with live music throughout the festival as well as indoor and outdoor expo areas with all sorts of vendors and suppliers. It was truly a barbecue's paradise. And if that wasn't enough, there was the added spectacle of both Butcher Wars and Barber Wars, which saw several of the best in each field battle it out for top honours. On Saturday, there was the State Cook-Off Association's King of the Grill competition, which saw teams battle it out over steaks, burgers and chicken wings for an awesome prize, including invites to compete stateside. Sunday saw the barbecue war itself kick off with all 48 teams handing in several dishes for the discerning judges. Unable to control my excitement, I armed myself with a field recorder and a microphone and set out to speak to as many people as possible over the two days. I covered 13 and a half kilometers over the festival and flew home with feet the size of watermelons, but it was worth it to bring you these incredible conversations with a few big name surprises. Check it out. This is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? I'm here right now in the Manning Valley tent here at uh, Meatstock, and I'm talking to Ash uh, from Manning Valley. He's just finished his his uh, burger hand in for the SCA Burger Challenge, and he's given me a little bit of a demo here on on how he puts it together. And I got to say, they look sensational. Ash, can you walk us through what you've done here, mate? Yeah, what we've done, we've made our burger patties from scratch. It's got beef, pork mince, mozzarella cheese, salt, pepper, uh, a bit of barbecue rub, and then we go on to a couple of little spices in there and a little bit of pork rib that's just been chopped up and a bit of bacon, speck bacon. And then we go with a garlic, a garlic butter on the brioche roll with tomato, lettuce and pickle. That sounds sensational, mate. And beetroot. And beetroot, of course. Well, this is Australia after all. We can't have a burger without beetroot. So what kind of research have you done into uh, uh, coming into this burger challenge? Well, we've done a little bit of research, and we found that the patties tend to dry out a bit, so we decided to wrap the patty in a cool fat, which is a or lace fat, which is a layer of fat that sits over top of the stomach, and as you cook it, it breaks down and turns into like a sausage skin over top of the patty and keeps all the moisture in. Helps with the cooking time, shortens it down. Yeah. Wow. Was that something you just came up with by yourself, or did you did you uh, go take a class or something? Like that's uh, that's quite a scientific way to, uh, to to approach it. No, not really. Just watching lots of cooking shows on TV and watching the good man Heston Blumenthal himself. Ah, right. I see. I see. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for your time. These burgers look absolutely amazing, and I'm looking real forward to having a bite. No worries at all. Thank you for your time.
All right, I'm here with uh, Chef El Guapo from El Guapo and Sons, aka Derek, down here on Saturday, on Saturday afternoon at Meatstock. How are you going, Derek? Good, thanks. Very good. It's been a good day so far, and you know we're moving moving pretty quickly through it. So you know the meat's come along well. Always good to hear. I can see you've got a, uh, a small array of different barbecues here. Can you run me through what you're going to be cooking on this weekend? Okay, we've uh, got a uh, Texas Pro Pit, a.k.a. Black Betty, and uh, she's going to be handling the uh, lamb, the uh, pork, and uh, the beef brisket. We've got the Elite 20 Pro Q, uh, and on that we're going to be doing the chicken and the ribs. Obviously, it just gives it that little bit better crunch. Excellent, sounds good. I, uh, I have a, a Pro-Q and a Weber myself, so uh, I love to cook on them as well. So we were just having a little bit of a chat um, uh, off-air before about uh, barbecue competitions and the relationship with small business, and I was really fascinated with some of the things that you had to say. Would you mind giving me a bit of a rehash on, uh, on, on what you were just telling me before? Certainly. It, it helps with development of other small businesses and building of your community by assisting with small business. Obviously, the butchers and uh, your suppliers of your charcoal and, and uh, your suppliers of your units. And it, and it certainly helps towards building a better community, especially with the low and slow scene. Uh, it is relatively new in the, in the country, but it's developing at, a, at an exponential rate. So uh, why not keep small business involved rather than just looking after the mainstream? You tend not to get as good a product and, uh, you know, it helps get a better result when, you, when you're comp- competing and obviously when you're eating at restaurants as well. So why not, why not support those that, that, you know, help those that help, help you? So it's very important. Absolutely right. You often find that, uh, well, I, I often find that I get um, a lot better service from, uh, from small businesses as well. Do you have a particular specific experience that you'd like to share with us about a good, about a good experience you had with uh, small business? Yeah, certainly. Look, we um, uh, fell out of luck with our butcher. He closed down and uh, Kelly's Meats came on board and, and uh, offered us some, some, you know, good lamb and some good brisket. Uh, they had their hands on, you know, the good stuff from Tasmania through Cape Grim. And uh, Luke, you know, he really assisted and, and that came about. We met him at uh, being at a, at a barbecue festival and he said, look, I can help that. And, you know, we, we tend to supply. He was able to deliver from the other side of, of Melbourne and it's certainly made it a lot easier for me to be able to source good quality meats for this competition. So, it, you know, it's that attitude that, that, that helps the day. Well, I can smell it cooking in there already, mate, and I think you are uh, definitely got uh, some good product there, if my nose is any indication, and I'll be back around in a few hours to have a bit of a taste. I'll catch you later on. Fantastic. Thanks for coming by. I'm here now with Dan from uh, the Country Boys Barbecue. How are you going today, Dan? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ben. So you're the grand champion from uh, the first meat stock, Auckland. What was that experience like? Um, it was awesome, mate. It was really good. The, uh, it was our first grand champion win ourselves. Um, we uh, took over Lucas from Roland Smoke Barbecue. We're both sponsored by the, uh, Jesse from Seven Sins Barbecue in America. So, um, yeah, it was good to go over there and uh, be able to take out a grand champion. And what was your secret, mate? What was your uh, the best dish, let's say? Um, our lamb over there was just spot on. It was, it was just, we just knew when it came out that it was going to be something special. So let me get this right. You went to New, uh, you're, you're a bunch of Aussie boys. You went to New Zealand and you beat the Kiwis at lamb. 
mate, that's exactly it. I mean, we tried some incredible stuff over there, but um, we just knew that lamb was going to be spot on when we were uh, when it came out. That's priceless, mate. That's priceless. So, what kind of pressure does that put on you coming now to meet stock in here here in Melbourne? Um, well, you're putting pressure on yourself, you know, because you want to succeed, but uh, also too, you know people are uh, looking to you to see whether you know whether you can do it twice like another team's already done so um yeah let's just see how we go sounds great so quickly walk me through your uh your setup here in your in your site what are we cooking on today so um we got the homemade uds the uh made a minion smoker and that um we're going to uh, do our briskets on on that and do a hot and fast cook with that. Um, also, too, we've got um, our uh, GMG, Jim Bowie smoker, that um, we picked up as a grand prize for um, meat stock in New Zealand. It got shipped over for us. So um, we're going to do a few categories on that one, too. Fantastic. Did you mention this one over here? Um, so we got the offset um, smoker that we've... Andy and I built ourselves. Um, he's not with us in this comp. Uh, he's got to work. So, but um, I mean, it's a very well documented sort of uh, smoker that we've uh, been pr- pretty consistent last year with um, in a few categories as well. Love it. Now, I did have a question about the Green Mountain Grill that came back from New Zealand. We got really strict uh, quarantine and import laws. How did it go coming in after having been cooked in uh, overseas? Um, so they actually cook in it, uh, they give it a test run in the factory. And uh, so it's already, um, hasn't had any meat products in it, but it has been um, it has been pre-started and pre-checked before it does leave the factory. Ah, oh, okay, I misunderstood. I thought this was the actual unit that you cooked on in New Zealand and then brought it over. No, no, this is a, a brand new unit, but they do give them a, uh, a pre-run before... Um, they come over we still had to season it today and everything like that but um no it was it was a brand new unit gotcha gotcha now i did happen to just spy you having what i'm guessing must have been the time of your life having a chat with the one and only tuffy stone can you tell me what that experience was like um well that was sort of a starstruck moment i've i've sort of we met mo in new zealand and that was you know, pretty epic time over there talking to him, but also too to uh, to meet Tuffy. Um, I mean, everybody sort of has sort of seen Barbecue Pitmasters and and you know watched many an episode on that. So to be able to meet Tuffy in person and to have conversations, you know, about pork and you know and pork ribs and in our lamb category from New Zealand because he'd heard about it, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. I reckon so. I managed to get a just just a quick photo with him, and I was like, uh, "Excuse me, I um uh bleh 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 photo," and he's like, "Yeah, sure, man, come over." <laughs> that was great. It was great. So, what is uh, the plans? You've got a grand champion uh, under your belt now. Are you going to head stateside? Um, if the opportunity arises, absolutely. I mean, it's um, you look at the double barrel boys that have competed over there, Bully Barbecue. Um, a couple other teams have been over there as well. I mean, and the things that they say about it um, is just, you know, is just great, great reviews. So I think um, it's sort of every Aussie team's ambition is to be able to go over there and to be able to compete in a couple of them. Definitely. I would uh, I would give my uh, eye tooth to be able to head over there myself. It would be just a trip of a lifetime. 
So what is going to be your silver bullet here at Meatstock? What's uh, what's going to be your category, do you think? Um, I'm hoping ribs. Like last year, we were pretty good with ribs. We won... Um, uh, we got a few call-ups in ribs, so I'm hoping that's going to come off today. Um, pork, we do pretty good pork, so I'm happy um, that, uh, you know, with our pork, the way that we've been doing it at practice, so I'm hoping that one's going to be the, the one too. I'm looking forward to it, mate. I'll be keeping an eye out for you on the podium. Thank you very much for your time, and I'll catch you later on. Thanks, Ben. Cheers, mate. Alrighty, it's uh, getting into the evening now on uh, this beautiful Saturday afternoon and I've made my way to the Manning Valley tent site. I've happened to run into my old mate Bredo from the Flamin' Mongrels and he happens to be uh, dressed up in the, uh, in the Manning Valley gear. So, mate, I just want to come say hello. You've introduced me to Ash, the, uh, the, the head honcho here at, uh, at, at Manning Valley. Can you tell me uh, how this come about? Mate, the, uh, a couple of the mongrels, Alan and I, uh, have decided to go green this, uh, this weekend for meat stock. Uh, we were lucky enough that the guys from uh, Manning Valley Natural Smokers uh, were coming down as a twosome and uh, were, were inquiring about whether we could uh, assist. And uh, so Alan and I obliged instantly, of course, we'd be happy to come to meat stock. We're not going to get the opportunity as the flaming mongrels. So uh, when, uh, when Grant... Coleman and uh, and Ash from the from the Manning Valley said, "Come down." We were like, we jumped at the chance straight away. Fantastic, mate. So, Ash, how did you uh, how you come to know the mongrels? Well, it all started at our first competition last year, which was Port Macquarie, and we were lucky enough to be camped virtually straight across from the mongrels, and we thought, "Oh, look at these fellows! They look like they're having a good time." So, we've become really good friends from there. They welcomed us into their site like we'd known each other for years. It was yeah, very, very welcome. And that's one good thing about the Australian Australian barbecue competition circuit, which everybody welcomes you with open arms. And that's the least we can do for everybody else, welcome them into our site. You're absolutely right, mate. That's one of the things I love about the Australian barbecue scene. Now, you are right about the mongrels knowing how to have a good time. So, mate, I've got to ask, how much are they actually helping you? They are actually great help because Grant and I usually do everything ourselves and we've got a team of four now. So we've got four, help, four, four lots of hands are better than two. And we can get a lot more done in our time, which is awesome for us. A bit more sleep. Mate, we, we have been... We, it's nice to be FIFO, fly, in, fly, fly out for a barbecue competition, but we're definitely under the wings of uh, the boys from Manning Valley. It's nice to be able to be told what to do instead of having to think too much. These guys are all over it. They know exactly what they're doing. Uh, mate, if we've got to wash up a pan or whether we need to cut chicken wings or whether we need to start trimming brisket, then we're going to be here to help them. There's no doubt about that. Love it. So, Ash, mate, what's going to be your uh, your king dish this weekend? I'd say brisket. We've been blessed with the fine product from Wing and Beef. We've got a 300-day grain-fed brisket. And our friends from Cape Grim have kindly donated us a Marble Score 9 Robin Islands Wagyu brisket to also cook. That sounds fantastic. Are you going to go with the uh, Texan salt and pepper or you got something a little bit fancy up your sleeves? Don't give too much away. I can't say too much, but it won't be anything too flash. We'll just let the meat speak for itself. Love it. Now, I'm interested to see this uh, giant smoker you got here behind you. I take it you do, you must do catering or something uh, off the back of this? Yeah, we do a few catering gigs throughout the year. It helps with our competitions side of things it gives us the opportunity to compete in a lot more comps and gives us a bit of spending money and a bit of play money so it's 
as well as doing the catering gigs. We cater for all functions, weddings, parties, and etc. Beautiful, mate. So give me a bit of a walk around the uh, bit of the smoker here. Introduce me and uh, and uh, tell me what's going on. Oh no, we've got the green machine, aka the Green Lantern. It's a wonderful Radar Hill 30-inch trailer, and it's made of six mil mild steel and a 10 10 mil firebox, all mild steel. We run ironbark, and we fruit woods we use is plum, apricot, cherry, and a little bit of hickory every now and then. But no, we'd like to th- do a bit of a shout out here too to Rob Duggan. He supply, he's come on board this year for a sponsor and we're glad to take all our wood from him and he's welcoming to our side once again to come and have a feed and a beer and a chat and a laugh. Is he here this weekend? I'd love to catch up with him. No, he's not. He couldn't make it to this one, but he sent his friends from Ample Firewood down, so they're supplying some of his wood as well. Beautiful. So for anybody else that's looking to get like a catering trailer or something, what are some of the essential add-ons that you've had to have on your trailer to uh, be allowed, I guess, in terms of red tape to be able to do catering? Yeah, well, the big things, one of the big things to have is a kitchen sink. We've got the sink on the back with the portable gas hot water system we bought off eBay. And council has come through us a few times and walked out the other side and said, thank you very much, You've com- you comply wonderfully. And that keeps them happy. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing, mate. I appreciate your time. Yep. I'm sure the brisket's going to be killer. And thank you, Brett. And I hope you're having a good time too. Absolutely, mate. We appreciate you coming to visit. We always uh, love chatting to Ben. And we'd also like to have a big shout-out to Oak Ridge Rubs for being being a proud sponsor of Menning Valley Natural and Sun Pork for coming on board and supplying us with this beautiful pork that we get to cook. All right, mate. I'll catch you later on. Okay, we're on Saturday evening now of, uh, of Meat Stock Day 1, and I've made my way to the I Love Barbecue tent where I'm having a bit of a chat with uh, Mark from Smartfire. How are you finding uh, Meat Stock today, Mark? Loving it, absolutely loving being here. Uh, very surprised and delighted with the weather, um, and everyone's been having a good uh, time, you know, really enjoying getting out there, uh, spending time with the teams who are competing, and seeing some of the products that are on display. Fantastic. What's been the highlight for you so far? Uh, I actually added um, my Smartfire to one of the country boys' uh, UDS. He's got this little uh, Minion uh, UDS, which is a yellow, um, you know, from the Minion from the uh, the movie, and it's quite a ca- uh, colourful unit. So I was actually really proud of um, you know, being able to attach a Smartfire to that and actually get a result. So it's quite funny to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good to see if he uh, if he gets a place with the uh, from something he cooks on the UDS. Although you are going to have to now change the colour of the Smartfire so it matches the uh, the the Minion UDS. But speaking of the Smartfire, mate, I love a good story. Can you tell me about the uh, the development of the Aussie-owned Smartfire barbecue temperature controller? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it all kind of started at my local pub. Um, I found that my temperature controller at the time, um, I couldn't, you know, being a novice, I wanted to know all the time. I was quite nervous about my cook and I wanted to know what's happening to my food and what's happening to the pit. And you, know, you kind of keep on cheating by looking at the thing and you get quite nervous about watching it go up or down a few degrees. So, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon, you're sitting there you're kind of chained to the pit and you're know, watching the, the, the temperature go up and down and you just want to go to the pub and have a pint. And it kind of really you know, was all born from that problem statement of not being able to go to the pub and sit there and enjoy it. So 
I started looking at options around and you know there was some some really expensive options on the market. I even see even looking at baby monitors to sit there and actually webcam my temperature probe down to the pubs. But then I realized, you know, I could monitor things, but then I couldn't do anything about it when it did drop in temperature. So I wanted something that could actively control it and that began this huge roller coaster ride where I you was know, you know making things up in jiffy boxes and learning about electrical engineering and making up these you know prototypes and I actually got something that worked and I had a nice little app and it all worked for me and then people in the ABA forum were actually like oh so when are you going to release this and that really set me back because I was like I wasn't thinking about making a product and you know seeing so many other people have the same kind of problem and wanting something that was a modern solution to all this um, really made me think and I was like okay well maybe I'll just do a small one because it would be nice to launch a product around this and um and it's snowballed since then. Now, when you take something from a private project and make it into a commercial project, it's a massive step forward. It's, there's, there's a lot involved. So that's been a couple of years of um, labour of love, I'd say. So it's about two years in, and it's about um, one year since we launched it commercially, and it's been very successful, and definitely has been a success due to the ABA support. I mean, they helped found the com company, and so you know all the original customers are from the ABA, so I'm really grateful to that. Well, I hope Jay, Jess and Adam all have shares in the company, mate. <laughs> Not yet, though. I hear that they do want one. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm sure you can work something out. All right, so can you be as descriptive as possible uh, telling me about the Smartfire and uh, tell me what it is and what it does? Certainly. Um, so the Smartfire is an internet-based temperature controller for your smoker. It works by regulating airflow into your smart, um, smoker. You know, more airflow, more oxygen means that it's going to burn hotter. Um, it can also choke down your fire to drop it back to the temperature that's your target. Uh, the smart fire itself is a is a box, you know, about two inches um, square. Um, has a nice round um, exit on it, and that's used to adapt it to your actual smoker, where you'd normally have a um, adapter that's suited to your smoker, whether it's a uh, Kamado style or maybe a Bullet or um, even Gravity Fed. So I've seen it on all kinds of units, including today's UDS. So that was quite unique. So it has a different way of you can actually adapt it with a metal adapter and plug it into your barbecue. And once you've done that, you have these you know, temperature probes that most people are familiar with. Uh, you have your ambient probe that you would clip onto your grill grate. Uh, you have your food probes that you'd insert you know, nicely into your meat. You try and keep it parallel and about two inches into your meat. Um, and that way you can actually see on your iPhone what the temperature is. And it's not just your know, iPhone when you're at home and within Bluetooth range. It's, you can be down the shops. Um, uh, some people in the ABAs, you know, like to have a little bit of a go at me about my pub story, and they they say that like smartphone owners just want to go to the pub, um, but you know that's part of it. And so this, you, know, you need, still need to look after your fire and supervise, and make sure there's an adult there. But it does mean that you can go out to the shops, and it does mean you can take a little bit of a break from it. So that's a really good thing. Um, and so once you've got it plugged into your um, barbecue, kind of set it up, you get your fire going as you normally would with a loof lighter or a chimney. Um, 
but then you can close the lid and set your vents and let the smart fire get it up to temp and it will nurse it into it via different stages into your target temp and once you're there you know, it kind of does a lot of those you know fine adjustments you know everyone can cook barbecue you know generally speaking around um, it had a little bit of experience but this just takes out some of the extra work it means you can stress less enjoy more and hopefully smoke perfectly and a lot of the teams here tonight are you know actually using them down in the comp um, pit so yeah, it's going to be good to see those teams do well. I have actually seen quite a few of them as I've been wandering around it's uh, it's very impressive to see Australian competition teams getting in behind an Australian product I love it. So mate how many probes can can we fit to the Smartfire? Uh, you can fit up to four so normally you'd have your pit probe and then you'd normally have up to three food probes. You can uh, interchangeably use another pit probe. Some people with, say, bullet-style smokers want to do multi-level monitoring where they'd have a pit probe on the lower level and the food probe in their meat, same thing on the higher level, and so it allows that flexibility. But generally speaking, people normally end up with two food probes plus their pit probe as a normal way of cooking, and yeah, it gives them the flexibility to do more if they're doing a really big cook for friends and family. Now, you mentioned iPhones before. Is it also available for Android? It certainly is available for Android. Um, we have the iPhone app, they're both the same, they have the same functionality. It gives you push notifications, so it can give you a, a nice little train alarm if you want to. It has configurable sounds that you can use to uh, wake you up, or you know, there's also subtle ones, so it's a bit you know, partner friendly, so you aren't waking up everyone in the house each time. Or if you're a deep sleeper, you can choose the really obnoxious sounds that really will wake up the dead. So it gives you the flexibility to keep in touch with what's the food doing but you know also go and enjoy other things at home you might want to watch the game or get some sleep love it i'm a, i'm a big fan of sleeping while the food smokes myself so sounds fantastic so where can people track you down mate uh, they can track me down uh, on smartfirebarbecue.com. Um, I'm in a bunch of retailers such as Barbecues Plus, uh, American-barbecue.com.au. Um, and so it's easy to contact us and we have a good Facebook page where people can come have a chat. There's also a Smartfire owners group on Facebook that people can go see what the owners are saying and see what they're talking about and their experiences. And they're very happy to share what they're doing and their recommendations and tips. So it's a really good community that we're building up. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for your time this evening. I'll let you get back to uh, serving all the people that are waiting in line here behind me, and uh, I'll catch you again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for the show. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. It's uh, Sunday now, day two of the amazing Meatstock Festival, and I've managed to track down Steve from Southern Cross Smokers, and I'm standing in front of, if you haven't seen it, it's the flagship Southern Cross Smokers uh, barbecue. It's got to be, I don't know, six metres long. It looks like Victorian-era steampunk. It's the biggest, baddest thing I've ever seen. Steve, how are you going today, and how are you enjoying Meatstock? We're absolutely loving Meatstock. Um, our unit here is is 80 years old. It was built in 1937. Um, it's an original steam pressure vessel. Um, you, what you see through here is hand riveted. What we've managed to do is, is preserve the artisan sort of boiler maker uh, feel of the smoker. Um, it's 16 mil steel through the body. We've got 30 mil steel through the dome at the end. Um, we, st we found it in a paddock in Benalla. Um, we've cut the unit in half so what we see here is only half of the unit we've built an 800 kilo firebox on the back of it 
We've built the wheels, the gantries, uh, the framing around the wheels has been put on and inside the fabrication for the shelves. We've got about 10 square metres of shelf space that we can cook on. It'll hold around 450 kilos of meat. Um, it takes surprisingly little fuel to, to actually work the unit once it gets up to temperature. We're putting about three to four logs on every half an hour and it just maintains 250 degrees Fahrenheit beautifully. Um, so, how's that? You mentioned it was um, some kind of uh, steam boiler. I, I didn't quite catch what you said before. Is it is it like from a train or something? Is that where it's come from? We believe it was from a build, maybe a building or a steamship. Um, we think it was a steam pressure vessel. It still had pipework through the unit itself, which we've removed. Um, then we replaced it with all the shelving and so forth inside it. And yeah, so we really, the thickness of the steel, as you can see, too, was really designed to be a pressure vessel. And that's, and that's sort of worked perfectly for us for retaining heat because it's a 4.1 tonne barbecue. So, that, so that's, that's a pretty amazing statistic in itself. So yeah, so we now, we, we've now able to capture that and repurpose it for good barbecue and great barbecue. And it, it, this is its third outing now. It's had an outing to the Fat Yaks Barbecue Festival earlier in February. It then spent two weeks up at the Royal Easter Show in Sydney where it run 24 hours a day for two weeks and produce some amazing barbecue. And Jensen from, from Rangers Barbecue is here today. He's been putting some fantastic product out in this unit. And yeah, and we're loving it. We're having a great day. I've seen some of the things he's pulling out. It's just amazing. Now, you mentioned that was 4.1 tonnes before. My, uh, my four-wheel drive has a towing capacity of three and a half tonnes. How do you get this thing around? This come into here, we, we have a specialised flatbed tray truck and a crane basically mounted on that. So that's the only way we can really get this around because of how it sits low to the ground, um, we really can't roll and roll off on a tray track. So we really have to have it craned in. So it's a specialty thing for us. It's a promotional unit. And when we decided to do it, we decided to go big and big is what we went. You definitely have, mate. Thank you very much for your time and I hope you enjoy the rest of meat stock. Thank you very much. We're loving it. Thank you. I'm here now talking to Laura, the national recipe developer for Weber. Uh, they've got a beautiful big display on here today and um, just want to introduce her and say hello. How, how are you doing today, Laura? Absolutely amazing. How are you enjoying Meatstock? Oh, it's so great to be here. The, Melbourne's put the weather on for us, which is quite unusual, but it's great to be here. I'm smelling my, like smoke, but it's, it's the way to do it, right? Absolutely, definitely. I think we're all smelling like smoke. I thought I had a genius idea the other night. I took off my jeans and I aired them out on the balcony. And of course it rained overnight and I was stuck wearing uh, shorts all day, which wouldn't be a problem except I'm from the Gold Coast and I was freezing all day. So tell me a bit about what, uh, what, what Weber's doing here at Meatstock this weekend. So we've got a whole barbecue range on here. So ranging from the cues to the smokers, the traditional kettles and our premium gas barbecues. So we really want to show the crowd our whole range of barbecues that we've got on today. Excellent. I'm a bit of a Weber fan. I've got three kettles myself. What would be your best Weber kettle tip? Uh, well, it's not quite a tip, but it's definitely something I encourage everyone to try. It's called the snake method. It's really popular at the moment. So it's um, ideal for getting low and slow cooking. So I don't have a Weber Smoky Mountain cooker at home. I actually do all my low and slow cooking on the kettle. Uh, so what it is is setting up a ring of charcoal around the outside. Uh, so it's unlit charcoal and then you light about eight to ten briquettes and put it on one side of that chain um, and it just lights slowly and smokes along. 
Fantastic. And I take it that you put little chunks of wood like around the snake to make the smoke then? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Excellent. All right. Now, uh, you mentioned that, that you don't have a Weber Smoky Mountain at home, but you would know about, uh, about using them and all that sort of stuff. What would be a Weber Smoky Mountain tip? Um, so tip is to relax, I reckon. So they do all the hard work for you. So as long as you, as you set it up right from the beginning, get it up to temp, get the vents right, and you've got hours of enjoyment. Love it. I'm in the market for a gasser as well, and something that I'm really attracted to at the moment is the sear station on the, I believe it's the E330. Can you tell me a little bit about how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this barbecue I've actually got at home, so this is the Genesis E330. So it's got three main burners, but also sear station burner. So if you're wanting to sear off some meat really hot and fast, you get that preheating for 10 minutes with the sear station on. It's stonkingly hot. It's so hot, but it sears off your meat. And then if you've got a nice, thick, juicy steak, you can then turn off one of the burners and put it onto that side to finish it, finish cooking it all the way through. Love it, love it. All right, before I let you go, i got to ask, which team is your tip to take out uh, meat stock? Country Boys Barbecue. There you go. Love it. All right, thank you very much for your time, and I'll catch you later on through the weekend. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have some fun. I'm here now with Linda from Pits Perfect, and she's come up on three competitions in three days now, hailing from the Blue Mountains. After three competitions in three days, how are you feeling? I'm ready for sleep. I'm stuffed. No sleep last night, so I need bed <laughs> as soon as possible. I'll bet you do. Now, I'm just looking at these trophies that we got here between us, and I can see that you have taken out Grand Champion King of the Grill 2017 Burger. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, we, um, we knew that originality was a thing, um, so we had a couple of chats at home and we came up with this taco burger idea, which I think has been done before, but we put our few little spins on it, so... Did a couple of practices at home and came in here and the judges must have liked it. So it was successful and that's successful. So it was really surprising, but good. I dare say that it was. So uh, what was the prize that you got for that? Uh, well, we got these trophies and I think $500 cash as well. So You think? Is it gone already? I haven't got it yet. <laughs> I've been told it's coming. So. I thought you might have spent it on merch no, up at up at Meatstock already. Spending that on petrol probably to get home. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So when it comes to preparing a burger, what tips would you have for people at home wanting to cook the ultimate burger at home? Yeah, well, one thing I learned, we got our butcher to um, grind up. We used chuck um, for our patty, I guess you call it. Um, and he did it twice through his grinder, which um, apparently on a Weber, which is what we did it on, is a much better outcome. So we did it um, indirectly and then just for the last minute or two straight on the, um, straight on the heat. With, and put the cheese on top so it melted onto it and then straight onto the burger from there. So so a reverse seared double ground meat patty. Exactly. That, that seems to work. So, yeah. Love it. Now, today you're competing in the meat stock. This is competition three on, on, on the day three of your southern journey, your, your southern odyssey. What is your, um, I guess, your silver bullet dish? What do you think is going to come through for you today? We had a few dramas today. Um, I was happy with the brisket. Um, I, I have to say all our dishes presented well, but I think I missed on a bit of the taste and probably a bit of the texture too. But I'm hoping the brisket is going to be a little bit above average. But, um, yeah, we'll just see. what It's always I can think I do great and the judges don't agree. So we'll just see what happens, I guess, when the time comes. So. Do you find that at competitions, dishes that you feel are the best thing you've ever cooked get caned by the judges and things that you think are terrible do well? 
Yeah, it's happened a few times. When our first comp, when we won ribs, I had no idea that we'd even done anything good. And since then, I'm like, these ribs are so much better than the first comp, and we we never go any good. So <laughs> I'm confused, but yeah, it seems to always be the way. So I don't understand, but we'll keep trying. <laughs> Fantastic. So are you uh, staying here tonight and then heading out tomorrow, or are you packing up and driving back to the Blue Mountains tonight? Um, no, no way. We're um, we're packing up. We're staying somewhere nearby to Caravan Park, and then we're driving to Yas tomorrow, staying there, and then just a few hours the next day, I think Tuesday. So try and break it up because it's been a busy few days. So Great idea. Now, last question before I let you go. Who do you think is your biggest competition here at Meatstock? Oh, my goodness. There's so many, honestly. You've got Sand Groper, you've got the Smoking Joint – Look, these guys here, Texas, what are they called? Texas Grill or whatever they are with their massive rig. So, and that's just in this little section. So there's so many, I couldn't say. Everybody, pretty much. Anyone's game, you reckon? I think so, definitely, definitely. All right, well, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck uh, with the uh, judging. I believe it's finished now, and so they'll be counting up the scores uh, leading up to presentations. Yeah. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Ta. I've got Adam from Manhorn Smokers here at uh, on Sunday afternoon down here at Meatstock. How's it going, Adam? Good, thank you. How's your weekend been? Very hectic, but fun. I'll bet it has. So uh, you've been competing with Rub One Out on the massive trailer here. Has that had a respray? Has that always been black? Yep, that's always been black. That's the one we built for ourselves. So, yeah, that's our own personal pit. What's been the highlight for you at uh, Meatstock so far? Barbecue Jenga. <laughs> barbecue Jenga? What, what is Barbecue Jenga? Um, Natural Born Grillers have got a game called Barbecue Jenga. So it's uh, robot turds in a fire pit and we stack them on top of each other and then when one falls over you've got to have a shot of fireball cinnamon rum. That does sound very much like Natural Born Grillers. That does sound like a game that they would come up with. It is, yeah. They're loose. So how have your dishes been? What's been your favourite hand in so far? Uh, we did... Chicken's pretty good. Everything's sort of pretty good, but I reckon the standout was probably maybe the pork. I reckon the pork was pretty good, so, yeah. I did just have a bite of that pork. That is pretty amazing. That sauce is killer. Is, is there any uh, any secrets that you're willing to share about that? Uh, yeah, what is it, Heinz barbecue sauce? <laughs> as a base, of course, as a base. Food. It's Master Foods, no. Oh, Master uh, Foods, okay. No, we make it from scratch, so yeah, it's a bit of a recipe. Love it. So of the uh, 50 teams here, mate, who do you think is the uh, the biggest competitor to you? All of them. <laughs> nah, oh, all of them there. They're, like all these new teams that are coming out are very strong because they never cook like at a competition before, but th that doesn't mean that they're not super competitive and really good so because it's just a hidden away talent really so it could be go anyway so i think as more teams join the barbecue circuit it'll just thin out like look what like the other teams will drop away like the ones that have been winning consistently will fall back that's how i think it's going to go sounds about right to me okay so looking at this big trailer we got here i'm uh it's a double axle trailer it's all jet black there's a uh there's an offset mounted on there, reverse flow. I can see it's got like a heating cabinet on the on, on the back there. What other features would you like to tell me about that are on this trailer? It's, yeah, we make the trailer, so we make everything. It's got hot water, uh, 30 litre per minute pump. The taps on it's better than the one at home. <laughs> it's got an inbuilt stereo, so it's got a 
Marine amp and Clarion Marine audio throughout. It's got the offset, uh, the fire, the warming cabinet, which you can actually smoke in, so it gives you a bit more added volume to your smoker for catering. Um, yeah, electric brakes, 2.5 ton capacity, so there's plenty of room for whatever you want to slam on it. And when we get around to it, the other smoker will go on the other side. <laughs> yeah, look out for this meat wagon. It'll be in the barbecue movie released on the 29th of November in 300 cinemas across Australia. And I even get my ugly head in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did you get some, uh, some, some uh, spoken lines in there as well? No, no, I don't, I'm not really good at talking, so they left us out. <laughs> Love it. So I've noticed that there's quite a few teams cooking on manhorns down here. That's got to make you feel pretty good. Yeah, there's a few out there. It's good. We're getting pretty popular. We've got a name now, so it's really good. It's pretty hard to break into a market that's sort of, you know, you've got your favourites in there, so it is. But, yeah, we're going all right. Fantastic. Glad to hear it. Well, thank you very much for your time, and I'll talk to you again soon. No worries. Thanks, Ben. I've got Grant from the smoking joint here who just took out the SCA steak competition yesterday. Mate, that's got to be a good feeling. Congratulations. Mate, I'm pretty stoked. Um, we kind of decided at the last minute. We hadn't enrolled. We saw the steaks going out and we had to play. So it was a bit of a last minute thrown together and then you, you, you jagged the win. Well, it's kind of a jag. I mean, obviously we got the Yoda and we kind of all can cook a little. I mean, we cook a lot of competition barbecue. But I think the one was, um, we were actually standing there in Jess Pryor's. You know, from the ABA was wandering past and I said to Jess, Jess, we've just got ourselves into the state competition, what do you think we should do? And obviously pushing the hardcore piece, she said uh, what they do in the states is they put hardcore carnivore on the bottom and then salt, pepper, garlic on top. So we literally did as we were told, threw it together, a little bit of olive oil and bang, cooked it. Love it. Now I understand there was a pretty killer prize attached to this, can you uh, run me through what you've actually picked up and what that's going to mean for the team? I think in all the euphoria, we didn't get totally all the details, but as we understand it, we've qualified through to the SCA competition in Fort Worth. Uh, it's a, an international competition, and also gets into the uh, World Food Championships. So um, we get the opportunity to um, also go and cook there. So Alabama and Fort Worth. And uh, we, you know, we were quick to say, hell yeah, we're going. Mate, that's got to be bucket list to go cook barbecue down in Alabama, isn't it? Oh, hell yeah. That's going to be a big one. The World Food Championships was in Florida, I think, before, and now in Alabama. It's something we watch from a distance, and I'm pretty keen. So does the whole team get to go, or do you draw short straws as to uh, who gets on the plane? The rules state that we can take the whole team, but I'll probably just go myself. No, I'm just joking. Don't we take the voice. Fair enough. Now, so that was yesterday. Today is the meat stock competition. Uh, Hand-ins have, uh, have all finished. We're all wrapped up now. How are you feeling? What do you think is going to be your silver bullet today? Look, um, I suppose when you win something, uh, the danger is you peak too early. The guys did celebrate pretty hard last night. So in the midst of the cook, um, doing the best we could by the meat we had. So um, we kind of wanted to make sure we do it the right way. And it's funny with barbecue because you kind of get excited. We did want to have a bit of a good time with our friends here. But yeah, we really wanted to make sure it was, you know, um, we're going to do right by you know, all the produce we had. So we cooked pretty hard. Um, my favourite category and the most wins we've ever had, um, we've got a lot of first place in lamb. So we stuck to the lamb. and. Um, you know, you always have your challenges. I might have been a little under on the on the on the racks. God forbid you do racks as part of a low and slow. But um, you know, yeah. Um, Without you know, saltbush lamb from South Australia, I reckon we're probably a chance in the lamb. I've heard good things about saltbush lamb. Mate. What do you like particularly about it? 
Look, I think the great thing is we don't have to put a lot of salt into it to flavor it. So it actually does come through in the meat. Um, and we tend, to tick, we, we tend to stick to very traditional flavors and it tends to lend itself to kind of that straightforward, you know, rosemary or thyme or mint. So that's kind of it. Love it, thanks for the tip. So of all the teams that are here today, we've got 50 teams. Who do you think is your toughest competitor? Oh, I think there's plenty um, of tough competitors here and there are teams that, you know, we've watched for a while and, I mean, I've got Texas Barbecue next to us and if you're not intimidated by that pit, you're probably not interested in barbecue. I mean, the thing is bigger than my house, to be honest. Um, I mean, the badasses, you know, are here, so these guys are, you know, renowned. But there's, um, I mean, there's plenty of them, natural born grillers. Obviously, we've been, since we first started competing, they've been around. Um, and Suck Knuckle Smokers is the king, right? So Craig's there doing his thing with Michelle and Simo. So they're all pretty scary competitors. Manning Valley can cook. So I reckon if we can finish the top 10, that would be a good one for us. And I think we look at the um, leaderboard. One of the things I'd really like to do is probably add to our scores and try and stay in that top 10. Well, I'll be crossing my fingers for you, mate, and I hope to see you up on the, uh, up on the stage at presentation time. Well, as you know, as we always say, pew, pew, pew. Thanks very much. Rock and roll. Alrighty folks, a barbecue competition is not a barbecue competition without an ong sighting. I've managed to track the man down, I've got him pinned down, he's not going anywhere, and we're here to have a bit of a chat. How are you going today David, and how are you enjoying Meatstock? Yeah, the notorious Snoop D-O-N-G. <laughs> it's, it's been wicked, I've had an absolute ball here man. Um, yeah, it's great turnout, great weather, um, yeah, and it's got the barbecue vibe that a festival has, you know, it's been awesome. So what's been the highlight for you so far? Uh, for me, it's always catching up with the teams, you know, seeing all these guys and, and putting, uh, putting uh, I suppose, uh, faces to names on Facebook, you know, you, as much talking as I do online, you, you see a lot of people and you, you, you read their responses and you reply to their responses and then you, you get to meet them in the flesh and maybe have a beer or two with them as well, it's great. And what I really love about it, it brings people from all walks of life and different backgrounds together. Um, and you may not know them from a bar or soap, um, but that person will give you their own shirt off their back. It's awesome. That's what I love about competitions as well. It's just, doesn't matter if you're in a competing team, the guy next to you, you know, you forget something, he'll give it to you. Well, actually, funny you say that. One of the guys was running around trying to get some chicken wings for the SCA comp yesterday. And uh, last moment, he decided he was going to enter. And next minute, he's running around and he come back empty-handed. And then I was talking to Al and my mate Al, and he goes, oh, uh, Grant from Grant Coleman uh, and, and Ash from Manning Valley has got some, some wings. Did you want to go grab some off him? And he went and grabbed them. <laughs> I mean, didn't place or anything, but uh, it's the spirit of barbecue. And, and that's what I love. Like... There's, I think it's, I've been involved with a lot of competitive stuff and I think with the blind judging, there's, there's not that, excuse the, excuse the language, the bitchiness that you might get with other competitions. Um, everyone just seems to get along and everyone seems to gel and everyone's willing to help each other out to make sure they turn out the best barbecue they can. Now, you mentioned uh, judging before. I did uh, come in here and get some photos and I saw that you were uh, among the judges. Yes. How was that, and uh, what was the highlight for you? Oh, I had some really stellar turn-ins. Um, there was a couple that were disappointing, but you, I reckon from comp to comp, no matter how many teams at each comp, you've, you get the same sort of ratio of, of stellar to, to, the, the, to the, the, the great, the good, and then, and then moving down the range. But, um, yeah, 
Uh, there were some really stellar ones today and I find with every competition it's improving and you can tell when there's a team's gone to a lot of trouble in handing in that box. One of the things that's actually, it's changed my total view on judging. I used to be a bit of a Nazi when it came to stuff. Now, uh, when you read the, the way they, 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 they demonstrate and tell you how to score those things, I was always thinking 10 was the perfect box and I always had that in my head and was reserving 10s now. Uh, it says to judge if the box is outstanding and to give it a 10 if it's outstanding. So I actually had a fair few 10s today. Rather than looking for the perfect box, these things were near to perfect. Um, and rather than, and you know, we were also instructed before and, uh, that if you think in between a 9 and a 10, go for the 10. You know, think, think as if you were the cook. You know, and I, I don't compete, but... Uh, but I, I have that in my head now when I, when I judge. And I think, look, if I turn that in, what would I want? If, if I was dicing between nine and 10, um, and there was a lot of deserving 10s today. So what would be one tip that you could share with competitors from your perspective as a serial judge um, on how to prepare that uh, perfect looking box? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a, talking about Nazi, I'm a parsley Nazi. So get that, get that, that parsley nice and neat. Um, take some time, like in the competition I was at the States, the girls were spending 45 minutes to an hour on that box. Don't let a judge uh, be able to pick you up on parsley. It doesn't say that you're not supposed to judge it in this, um, but it's something, get that parsley neat. Um, and also, I mean, it, it's nice to have symmetry. I don't, I, I, I used to always look for the perfect box and look for that perfect symmetry we've seen stuff now. I'm not so picky with that now. Um, but the most important thing I think for people is to get, and I got this from Tuffy, um, is, and great course by the way, is that get your tenderness right. And he said, don't leave your best stuff on the table. So make sure you're testing every one of those because you might say, okay, they're the two best ones and narrow those down. Um, and then you might have two in the smoke and then when you get back there, after you've handed your box in, the, you've left the best ones on the table. And one big thing you mentioned as well is you need to taste that when you get back. Because you, what you have to understand, I mean, the ABA is great in that they'll turn out the boxes and push out the boxes pretty much as soon as they get them. So we had some chicken wings that we had to put down because they were that hot. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, just when you get back and after you hand in your box, taste it then. Because quite a lot, a lot of the time, the brisket might be perfect for you when you've when you've turned that in and when you've tasted it before you've turned that in. By the time it gets to the judges, it may, you might have been the last one to have, have had yours tested and, and judged, and it may have, have uh, uh, tightened up a bit. So, so be, be mindful of that. Those are great tips, David. Thank you very much, and have a safe trip with your lovely family back to WA. Thanks, mate. I hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. Thanks very much. Cheers, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, I've managed to track down Adam from the ABA here at, uh, at Meatstock Melbourne. It is a fantastic event and I'm really hoping he's going to say he's had a great time and everything's gone wonderful. Adam, how's it been? I've had a great time and it has been wonderful, thank you. Love it, love it. So you've obviously been involved with this for, uh, fr from the start. Um, what's been the highlight for you this weekend? This weekend we saw 48 teams compete in Melbourne uh, Meatstock, so that's a record here for any competition in Victoria. So. The ABA, but also Meatstock are really pushing uh, the boundaries when it comes to competition barbecue. So just seeing that turnout, it's amazing. But, you know, just give a shout to the teams who did actually turn up. Uh, the weather was a little bit tricky to start with, but it's it's fined up a bit. But um, just having those guys turn out in numbers, it's, it's, a, it's a huge wraps for competition barbecue, particularly in Victoria. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely growing uh, very rapidly down here in Victoria. Uh, I've been speaking with a couple of people who've driven up to 17 hours to be here. There's some really big names. Do you want to give us a quick quick rundown on uh, some of the bigger name teams out here? Yeah, first off, let's just uh, give a shout out to Boyd from uh, Sangropa Barbecue in Perth. I mean, that guy travels in Nullarbor a few times a year to come over to the East Coast to compete. So, I mean, he's a trooper. Everyone loves him on, on circuit. Also, Dan from Country Boys Barbecue. I think I think he was telling me yesterday that he travelled 20 hours to get here. Uh, obviously, with a big, big rig on the back as well, it can slow down the travel. So, these guys are putting in huge miles and a huge commitment just to turn up. So, you know, big wraps on those guys. From the perspective of the ABA, What's it like administering the competition here versus uh, some of the, say, smaller regional competitions? Each competition is slightly different. We have a different format, different layout. We've got to be on the ball with making sure that we have head judges that are trained for any circumstance. Uh, for example, I'm talking a little bit softly today because we didn't have a microphone for the head judges course, but, you know, we jump in, we do what's necessary to make it work. Uh, but we are, you know, we're, we're a great team. We're a big team now with the ABA. So we have something like eight or ten head judges that can run an event for us now, which is fantastic. Um, but I still get out there uh, as many events as I can per year, and this year it'll be about 18 events that I'll attend. Um, but I'm doing more training these days, just making sure that the, the processes run seamlessly, but our team members do have the great training that, you know, we've built up and, you know, as far as experience over the last couple of years. Have you been uh, supervising the judges' tables today? I have been, yeah. We've had a great team of about six of us running the process today. Um, but I also rotated the head judges through the um, judging itself. So we all sat in and around and we all spoke about, you know, experiences with that. And we just talked through. So whatever we do when we do train, we make sure that our head judges and our support staff do have experience in every single element of the competition. And today was no different. We had uh, we had a great turnout of um, supporters and the barbecue that we did taste was, uh, was extraordinarily good. Fantastic. Now... Were there any particular standout uh, hand-ins um, today? So I went around to quite a few of the tables during the process after they'd finished judging, obviously, and just asked, you know, how they how they fared, um, you know, whether they got some great barbecue or ordinary barbecue, and it was a mixed bag for some for some tables. It's a luck of the draw. Um, some tables got all excellent boxes. Um, so yeah, it just depends on on where a box may fall, but by and large, I think there was uh, quite a bit of decent barbecue out there this weekend. Love to hear that. All right, we've got about uh, about an hour and a half till uh, till presentation, so I'll let you get back to doing your techno wizardry on all those uh, hand in forms. And uh, thank you very much for your time, and I'll talk to you again soon. Awesome, thanks for having me. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with Barbecue Pitmaster Ben Arnott. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to say, I am so excited. I've, it's taken me two days of solid stalking. I mean, I mean, I mean, following to uh, manage to track down Mr. Tuffy Stone himself. I've managed to get a couple of minutes of his very precious time, and I just want to say, first of all, thank you, Tuffy, and how have you been enjoying Meatstock? You know, it's been unbelievable. It's like I was I was fortunate enough last year to come over to Australia to the first Meatstock in in Sydney, and I was just blown away by how the energy and, 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 and the, how thrilling that event was and you know everything from the barbecue competition to the butcher wars to the barber wars and, and the music and, 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 and what was interesting and I, I said this uh, before you know barbecues made this world so much smaller for me and, and, and so traveling to the other side of the world and, and, and coming down here and seeing 
uh, how communal it is to cook with fire and, and, and charcoal and woods and, 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 and to see that it's just as exciting. People are just as excited about it here in Australia as we are back in the U.S. And, um, but going to Melbourne, I got here on Monday and, and went downtown and I like photography so I, I kind of uh, walked around the city and took my, one of my cameras and was shooting and ate, uh, ate, ate some good food. I had uh, lunch at a Chinese dumpling restaurant that was really delicious and then since then you know I've had some other some really amazing meals. The food scene here in Melbourne is pretty, pretty spectacular, uh, definitely world class and Thursday and Friday I was able to you know teach two classes I had two sold out classes you know and and I'm always blown away when I look out in the you know and see people that are you know that come and, and are interested to hear and uh, what I think about barbecue and and so that's that that always kind of blows me away but right now here on Sunday at meat stock in Melbourne and, and, and anybody that's listening right now, uh, I'm sorry. I only wish you could smell it here because the aroma's in there. And, and it's been like this since yesterday morning, you know, th this barbecue and, and these cool pits. And I think there's 50-some teams that are competing in the uh, competition and it's able to walk around. And I've met so many friends in Australia and, and walk around and see the, the pits and, and the setups. and. And, and I said this earlier, too, and I'm kind of uh, getting a little quiet, but, um, you know, one of the teams that I met, I was walking to go do the demonstration where you and I were at together, the talk on barbecue, and I was on my way over there, and, and this one team who I'd met, you know, earlier, they saw me, and they said, Tuffy, you know, come over here. I want, I want, I want you to try something, and I went over there, and, and, and they had their barbecue on the table, and, 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 and in particular, they had their burn-ins, and... And I love to cook barbecue, but I didn't really want, I didn't, honestly, I didn't really want to taste it. Uh, but anyways, I, I was going to be polite. So I did this perfectly cut burn in. And so I pick one up and I put it in my mouth and they just had nailed the texture. It was melting your mouth from a texture doneness standpoint. And then the, the flavor and I was like, man, this is good. And, and, uh, and I told them this, and, and, and actually I think I made mention of this when I came over to, to do the talk. Uh, the, the one. That burnt in, and, and, and no offense to anybody, but that burnt in was as delicious as anything that I ever have judged while being on the show Barbecue Pitmasters. And uh, honestly speaking, I think that I like that burn in better than the ones that I make. That's the truth. And, and it was like, but I think it's so remarkable. And I think, you know, Australia has always, I think Australia has always enjoyed outdoors and cooking with fire and, and grilling and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and I always leave, this is only my second time being over here, but I always go home from, an Austra from Australia uh, feeling inspired that I got to probably change my life a little bit because you guys, you guys really live life and I sometimes just find myself working but uh, but so I always come over here and I just love being with everybody that I've met here and meeting new people but and but competition barbecue is really relatively new here I mean I think it's like the fourth year and I think I think Jay was telling me that there's 30 some contests this year and 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 this festival has just been such a, a concentrated you know, smoke fest, meat fest, and and it's been it's been so cool. But but the level 
of what's happening over here is right there as good as anything that I've ever experienced anywhere, and I've experienced a lot, and and yet you do it with this um, this fresh attitude that's just so nice to be around. And 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 I was just talking to somebody a little bit ago, and what's kind of cool actually, they had taken my class on Thursday, and they're interested in in possibly. Um, becoming, you know, making barbecue a way of uh, of uh, a living for them, and I think because because this is new for you guys, you know, it's, it, not, outdoor cooking is not new, but but this type of stuff is new, and I think it's got such longevity over here, and and I think that's really cool. So I think you know we. we I've been doing competition barbecue back home for 12 years. It's only four years old here. It, it, it could conceivably go on for decades here. You never know. But anybody that has not come to a meat stock or to a, a, a competition, barbecue competition in Australia, I think you should come and check it out. I think, um, I think anybody who's been in the world of barbecue, whether you're in the U.S. or the U.K. or Australia or wherever we might be, I think everybody would agree that the folks that you meet, the friends that you meet, uh, are just absolutely amazing. And, and you know, I'm, I'm leaving in the morning, and I, I got to say, you know, I'm, I, as much as I miss home, I'm going to be a little bit sad because of, because of all the great people that have been here. So I know that's a windy little spiel, but that's kind of a, a quick breakdown on, on what my trip's been like since I got here. That sounds fantastic. So have you been seeing many of the hand-ins that have been coming across the tables here? You know, when I came in this morning, uh, I saw some chicken entries come in. And, and they look really nice and I you know I was walking through the teams and they wanted to show me their their chicken entries and uh, and so I saw some uh, some beautiful chicken entries and I've seen I've seen a little bit of the brisket I didn't see any of the presentations uh, for for ribs or, or pork or brisket but I'm gonna guess there were some buttes did you get to see any uh, I did get to come through uh, yesterday. I got to see some of the burgers that were handed in yesterday and for meat stock. I came through today. Uh, I was there uh, around brisket time, I believe. And it, I got to tell you, there was some fine looking brisket going in. Well, you know, it's like, you know, yesterday they were doing, I think they did the, the steak competition and they did wings and they did burgers. And I got to try one of the burger entries and and I got to try one of the chicken entries and this ch uh, chicken wing entry and this chicken wing entry was so good. It was actually, it was this, actually it was the same team that gave me the burn in today, but this chicken wing was so good. And, and I'm at awards yesterday evening and they got called for second place a wing. So the judges and I agreed on, on that wing, but so I can only imagine what first place wing tasted like. Can you drop the name of that team for me? You know, I I don't know if uh, if I can. They're 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 not from uh, Melbourne. They're uh, I have to remember their team name. I just uh, they 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 work for a meat company. Uh, they're set up right over right over in this area, and uh, I don't remember their team name. But they're just outstanding folks. And uh, was it the big green tent? Well, who who was second place in chicken wings yesterday? You remember? Turns out, Tuffy was actually talking about my friends back at Manning Valley Natural Smokers. I don't remember their name, but anyways, they're, they're outstanding cooks. And, you know, but everybody, I always say barbecue's like the, the friendliest food. It's the most gregarious food. You know, you think about it, barbecue's usually a food that we cook you know, for big groups of people. So, you know, whether it was family reunions or picnics or whatever, 
I always say, you know, and what's cool about barbecue is like, it's not pretentious. Everybody's invited. It doesn't discriminate. You know, as a French trained chef, it's, uh, it's, I, I realize how challenging it is to make right. So it's not an easy food, even, even though it's so approachable. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's like what I like about, and it's true back home too, but what I have really enjoyed both in Sydney and Melbourne is walking around, you're cooking delicious food, and you're having fun, and you're being uh, good neighbors to the team beside you. And, and so while there's competition, there's a lot of friendliness going on. And I think, I think that's cool. I think that makes this whole experience just that much better. Don't you agree? Absolutely. If I could just ask one more question before I let you go. You were talking about chicken before. Uh, one of the things that I talk about on the podcast with the competitors that I'm interviewing is uh, on the topic of chicken. Um, there's a bit of a move away from chicken thighs, which has always been really popular, into chicken breast. I'm wondering what does the uh, amazing Tuffy Stone cook in competitions? Is it breasts or thighs? Well, uh, and I just shared this on Thursday and Friday at the classes that, that I just finished teaching. So I cook thighs a lot on the circuit, but when you cook the Jack Daniels World Barbecue Invitational, you're required to cook both dark meat and white meat. And so I always cook, uh, and, and, and you're, you have to turn in seven portions, and you have to turn in both dark and white. And technically, it's okay to turn in like six thighs and one chicken wing. And from what I've been told, some folks do that. I've never done that. I've always embraced, I'm going to give six dark meat and six white meat. And so I do, I'm going into hushed tone now because I'm giving you one of my uh, honest, truthful things that I do. And last year at the Jack, we were so blessed. We took uh, first place in chicken with a 180 score, which, uh, which blew me away. But I cooked six thighs and i had six portions of chicken breast in there i think i think teams get afraid of uh of chicken breast because it's not as forgiving as dark meat and so but i just whether you're cooking at home whether you're cooking on competition the big thing with with uh with breast meat is to you want to cook it till it's done because you don't want the judges to to feel like it might be undercooked but uh, you want to cook it l uh, less temperature than the dark meat because you, you don't want it to dry out and you want to keep it moist. So the last, last four years of the Jack, I've turned in both breast meat and thigh meat. Fantastic. Well, you're a very busy man, and I appreciate the time you've given me today. And uh, I hope you have a good time at the rest of the presentation. Uh, uh, sorry, at, at the rest of Meatstock, and I'll see you at presentation. All right. I look forward to it, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And uh, I look forward to uh, getting uh, getting to listen at your podcast. I uh, hear y'all are uh, lots of interesting stories, lots of interesting people, lots of good information. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm back outside here now with, uh, with Ash from Manning Valley Natural Smokers. I've just had a bit of a chat with Tuffy Stone and I have it on record that the brisket that you guys have just turned in today is better than anything else he's ever tasted and he actually went as far as saying it was as good or better than anything he's ever done. How does that make you feel? Yeah, it doesn't get much better to come from the man himself, four-time world champion, to give me a compliment like that. But it's a team effort. We all put the hard work in last night. And we got the job done and we presented our best box of brisket that we could. It was a very, very nice brisket from Wing and Beef. It was a 300-day grain-fed Angus brisket. It just melted in your mouth and it was very, very 
a very special piece of meat. Can you share one tip with us about one of the many things that you did with that brisket? Well, we just separated the point from the flat, spent a little bit of time on the burn ends, monitored our fire, and the amount of smoke that we put through that brisket as we learned from Tuffy himself at his school that he taught us a few tricks on Friday. We learn from the best, so we give it our best, and hopefully we get the best result. Maybe we can get a championship out of it. I hope so, mate. It's not long now till presentations, and i got my fingers crossed for you that I'm going to see you up on the stage there. Yeah, me too, mate. Thanks for doing the interview with Manning Valley Natural Smokers, and a big shout-out for the smoking, smoking Hot Confessions to come and give us another interview. Cheers, mate. Fingers crossed. I'll catch you later on. I've managed to track down Jess Pryles uh, from Hardcore Carnival and uh, she's agreed to give me a couple of minutes of her very important time so I really appreciate that very much. How are you doing today Jess and how are you enjoying Meatstock? I am so happy to be here. Uh, I'm originally from Melbourne so it's awesome to get to come back to my hometown and do something like this. What's been the highlight for you so far? Uh, honestly, it's a highlight having been involved in this industry since its infancy and, you know, I live in Texas now and getting to fly home and just seeing the scale of it, the professionalism of the teams, you know, not only in the, in the way they look with the uniforms and the gear, but that they're here, they're here to cook and they cook really, really well. The standard has come such a long way. That's great. Have you got any uh, tips for uh, who's going to be a red-hot entry at the uh, presentation shortly? I really don't know. Um, I didn't judge this time around. I know there have been a few names that keep getting calls up, but there's also a few wild cards that we see in the individual categories. But that's the beauty of this. It's really anyone's for the taking, you know? It definitely is. Now, I saw you today um, up on the stage for the Butcher Wars, and you have just been running around spot to spot all weekend here. Can you give us a rundown on all the different things you've been doing? Absolutely. Uh, I'm surprised I still have a voice after Butcher Wars. That's talking for pretty much three hours straight, narrating four different rounds of Butcher Wars where we have butchers on stage breaking down a half saddle of pork and a, and a side of a lamb. Uh, I've also been doing some demos of reverse sear, which hopefully will send some people home better able to cook steaks now. Uh, I did a couple of meet and greets at the Hardcore Carnivore booth, and of course, you know, uh, these presentations that, uh, that I love doing. Um, it's probably my favourite part, getting to call the teams and getting to sort of know the name that I'm about to say while everyone's waiting to hear, for, hear it. Um, it's a great thing. Have you ever had a moment like from the Oscars where you open the envelope and accidentally say the wrong name? No, because we're very professional here at the ABA. <laughs> ouch, ouch. <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate your time and I realise that you've got to get going on to your next uh, task. And so thank you very much and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the event. Absolutely. Thanks for doing what you do as well. It's really important to share these guys' stories. So we appreciate what you do too. Thanks very much. Cheers. See you later. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. I'm here now with Linda from Highland Q. Linda's a great competitor and has a great uh, history of uh, being a top participant. And I'm just wondering, uh, first of all, I just want to say how you're doing and how you're enjoying Meatstock. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic. I mean, the weather was a bit terrible when we bumped in on Friday, which was, you know, we thought we'd have rain all weekend, but the, no, the heavens open. It was beautiful and, yeah, no, it's been really good. Everything went to plan. We didn't do too well in King of the Grill, but hopefully today we'll do a bit better. So, yeah. So where have you come from to join us at Meatstock today? Uh, we're from Gloucester, New South Wales, so just on the mid-north coast. Ah, I, I grew up in Scone. Oh, 
right, yeah, no, I'm not too far. Yeah. It's right. just over the range. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So what has been the highlight for you this weekend? Oh, look, I think just having so much teams here has been really, really good. Um, and everyone has such a good laugh and, you know, everyone helps each other out. And this is the biggest competition we've done so far. Usually we do comps, you know, 26 has been about our maximum. So, yeah, it's been really good and everything's been so well organised and, yeah, it's been fantastic. It has been pretty seamless, hasn't it? It has. Did you get out to see Tex Perkins last night? No, didn't, unfortunately. We sort of finished up with King of the Grill, came back here and had a couple of beers and then got stuck into trimming meats and we were in bed by 10 o'clock. So, yeah, that's, uh, we didn't get to party too much last night. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a shame, that's a shame. Can you give me a bit of a walkthrough of uh, what you're cooking on this weekend? Well, we've been cooking on Procues, so we've got two Procues and also just an old kettle that we got off um, the council tip. Um, and we've actually got most of our um, trophies and places on our little kettle as well. So yeah, it just goes to show you can cook on anything. It doesn't have to be an expensive offset. <laughs> Never underestimate the Weber kettle. That's exactly right. I don't even think this one's a Weber. I think this is just one of those little knockoffs. So. Wow. It does the same job. <laughs> so what's been your highlight hand in? Uh, today? Oh, probably brisket. I have struggled with brisket for so long and I just went to Tuffy's class on Thursday and I listened to every single thing he said and I put it all into place and it was the best brisket I've ever cooked. So fingers crossed. <laughs> what would be your best tip for cooking a brisket? Um, probably for me is don't trim as much as you think you need to. There's nothing wrong with leaving some fat on the brisket. It needs the moisture, I think, especially if you're going for a cheaper cut. Because, um, you know, we don't buy $300 Wagyu briskets. We just buy a, you know, we believe that low and slow is meant to be done on the cheapest cuts possible. So, yeah, leave the fat on there, you know, nice injection, keep the moisture in there and, yeah, all good. Good advice. Now, of all the, I think there's 48 teams here today, who do you think is going to be your hottest competition? Ooh, I don't know. I think the, the girls at Pitts Perfect, they're a bit of a, little silent ones she always thinks she doesn't going to do well and she always usually gets a call up so yeah so they're on par we started our very first comp together at Wingham last year so um, obviously you've got some of the bigger names that have been doing it all last year so they kind of know what they're doing a bit better than we do probably but um, yeah it's it's one of those things you never know who the judges are going to pick it's so it's pretty much an open field so I think anybody's in I think for the chance Definitely. All right, it's coming up on presentation time shortly. I'm making my way down there. I, uh, I'll, I'll see you down there, and I hope to, more importantly, see you up on the stage. I hope so. <laughs> Thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. No worries. I've got uh, Jansen from Rangers Texas Barbecue here. How you doing, mate, and uh, how are you enjoying meat stock? Yeah, a bit tired, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, yeah, really enjoying meat stock. It's been great two days. Uh, very, very busy. We've done lots and lots of meat. Um, so... Love these events. Yeah, it's kind of what we what we live for, actually. Yeah, we really look forward to it. So, two weeks back in Sydney. So, yeah, we've got to back up. Awesome. Now, I've been talking to a lot of uh, competitive teams today, but you're the first caterer that I've managed to uh, to get a hold of, mate. Take me for a bit of a rundown through the weekend. What sort of numbers have you been doing? Uh, so, we've probably been doing about 25 briskets a day. Um, about 140 beef short ribs. Uh, probably about a. Uh, 
let's say about 70 kilos of pork shoulder a day, give, give or take. And then we've probably done close to, combined for the, both two days, about 150 kilos worth of um, chicken Marylands or whole um, chicken legs that we've been doing. So that was a new uh, menu on the item. So interesting <laughs> to say the least, yeah. What's been selling the best? Um, our combo plate's always our number one seller, um, just in terms of like quantity. But our, our, our signatures, our jumbo beef short ribs and yeah, they, they fly out. They absolutely fly out. We, we I wish we could do more, um, but yeah, we probably max out at about 140 a day. So just with the setup that we have at the moment, but yeah, they fly out. But our combo plates are by far our, our, our thing, uh, our favourite. So it's a brisket and pork pork with some coleslaw, pickles, yeah, our, our, our home sauce, uh, homemade sauce, and also um, two slices of bread. Now, when I saw you uh, earlier this afternoon, you were cooking on the uh, massive steampunk Southern Cross smoker. Is that your regular uh, rig? No, not my regular rig. My regular rig is a gator pit that I got from Texas when I first started the business. I imported it over and also got Rob from Radar Hill to make me a second trailer as well. Uh, something a bit smaller, a bit more nimble so I can get into smaller events and markets and things. Um, this came about it's basically a phone call through to Jay one day. He asked if I was interested in using it because uh, Southern Cross Smokers were looking for someone to cook some food at the festival. So I, yeah, gave Paul, uh, Brett Robinson a call and all of a sudden I'm using a, um, a really, really big smoker. So, yeah, it's been fun. So what's yeah, that like? Smoking hot, whoa! <laughs> Thanks, brother. Uh, it was good. It was fun. It was interesting. Uh, very different to how I normally cook. This um, Because it's so big, it just it, it eats a lot of fuel. Um, so, you know rustic look and things like that just had to learn where the hot spots were where the cold spots were you know how long it took to heat up how food was reacting to I guess the airflow and, and because we had so much food on there um, just learning times and you know it everything kind of f threw me out a little bit so everything took a little bit longer than I'm used to so we just had to adjust and you know kind of push on and temperatures and things like that so it's always a, a, a game of I guess strategic you know planning and things like that you're just trying to work it all out as you go on the fly so um, day one was tough because of the conditions it was very very windy and very cold so you know we're just constantly throwing wood to keep the heat up um, last night was beautiful just nice and still so you know a little bit less work for us to do um, pit ran you know at a steady temp for most of the way um, but we had so much food on there that we just had to keep adding wood you know constantly just to get through the cook I guess and, and be ready for 10am so it was a bit of an earlier start today so put a bit more pressure on us. There's a lot of folks out there that are looking to move from competition barbecue into catering. As a successful caterer what would be some advice that you'd give them? Uh, first advice is pull your calculator out and do the maths. Uh, I think that's you know, I've come from hospitality and, and, and I've kind of done it my whole life, so it's not something that you can just step into. You need to do a lot of research and you need to do a lot of maths. Um, it's not, I'll be honest, it's not easy. The hours are super, super long. Um, there's a fair bit of risk involved, um, but, you know, it's obviously very, very rewarding um, and there's opportunities to grow. Uh, when I first started, you know, people didn't know what you know, low and slow barbecue was in Sydney. I couldn't even get into markets or festivals and events because they would say, hey, we already got a sausage sizzle um, and we've already got barbecue, which is, you know, uh, obviously completely different ballpark to what we do. But yeah, you got to do your mass. Um, be prepared to take some hits as well if you're starting out. You know, not everything's going to turn to gold. You're not going to always make the money. So, you know, you just got to learn and be flexible and, and, and just, yeah my biggest advice is to do the mass and make sure that you can you know be happy with the numbers that you're gonna you're gonna get really yeah 
That's some good advice. Thank you very much for that. I realise you've been working your butt off here all weekend, but do you have any tips for who you reckon is going to be up on stage for a GC today? Uh, I, I'll back the New South Wales boys, uh, and there's always a few guys who I, I get, I, you know, have a pretty good relationship with. Um, Lucas from Rolling Smoke, you know, hopefully he's up for a GC. Um, the badass boys are always up there, so uh, they're, they're my two picks. Um, you know, I got to hang out with the boys a fair bit last weekend in Wollongong, so yeah, I'm hoping, hoping they get up for New South Wales anyway. We'll see, mate, we'll see. Personally, I'm back in Queensland, but uh, you know, we'll have to just try and work that out between us. You guys are in the state of origin. Give us this. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Thank you very much for your time, and I'll catch you again next time. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, we are now 30 minutes shy of presentation, and I've managed to track down Jay, the man himself behind uh, Meatstock. First of all, I just want to say thank you for putting on such a killer event, and I'd like to ask you how it's going and, uh, and, and how you're enjoying it. Uh, it's been good, yeah. Melbourne was a uh, tough nut to crack, and um, people were very sceptical, but I think it's gone off pretty well. Well, from my point of view, mate, this is a killer. I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, I've been here all weekend, had an absolute ball. Yeah, great. Well, this is my dream festival, you know. Like, if I wanted to go to a festival, what do I want? I want some good beer, I want some good food, I want some music, I want something to see and do, um, I want to watch some, you know, show, you know, some stage shows and, um, and, and I want to learn some stuff. So this is, you know, um, what I would like to do if I go to a festival. Sounds like a good approach, mate. Now, there's been tons of stuff going on this weekend, not just the barbecue competition. Can you give us a run through of all the different things that you put on for people? Yeah, so the big thing really is on the Saturday we have Barber Wars. So it's competitive barbering. It's a bit weird, but hey, it's a thing. And, um, you know, barbecue wasn't even a thing, you know, barbecue competitions wasn't even a thing in Australia three or four years ago. So competitive barbering. And then on the Sunday we have Butcher Wars, which is my favourite event. It's literally butchers going head to head 30 minutes and um, it's really exciting and fun to watch. Uh, and then we've got... Uh, <laughs> Thanks. And then we've got our Barbecue Wars, which is 50 teams. It's Melbourne's biggest barbecue uh, competition. So that's a big, big, big part of what we do. Um, so there's three major events. And then on top of that, we do things like demonstrations, music. We, we have a lot of stuff going on. And what's been the, uh, the reception of the Melbourne people to the Meatstock event? Have they uh, been flooding through the gates? Uh, yeah, I think, I think anyone who was here and on the ground and walked around at peak times will know that uh, Meatstock was pretty busy, yeah? Um, Meatstock Sydney's even busier again, Auckland was even busier again, but uh, really happy with the, the crowd turnout and I think uh, most people walked away happy. Um, that's my goal as a promoter, to make sure people walk away happy um, and I think next year will be even bigger and better. I'm looking forward to it already. So if I put you on the spot and I asked you of Auckland, Sydney or Melbourne, which has been your favourite meat stock so far, could you pick one from amongst all your babies? Um, no, no. They're all, you know, it's, it's all weather dependent. And I've been pretty lucky so far as a promoter because weather can really muck you around. And I got really lucky here in Melbourne with the weather and it's been a really good two days for everybody involved. Um, Auckland was the same. It was a great event. Um, all, all, they're all the same. They're all the same. They really are. Like, I couldn't pick a favourite, no. I was fortunate early enough to be able to uh, corner Tuffy Stone for a couple of words. What's it been like having such a big name here at the event? Look, Tuffy's a gentleman. He's... Uh, He's, he's won the jack three times in the last four years. Nobody can touch him when it comes to competitive barbecuing in America in terms of results. He doesn't do a lot of competitions. He only does sort of seven or eight comps a year, so his win rate's astonishing. And there's no ego. There's no, 
uh, I'm the greatest. He's just a humble guy, and he's obviously the best at what we all love, which is barbecue. Absolutely. Now, it's not long now until Meatstock Sydney. How far away is that, and how can people find you to get onto uh, tickets and whatnot for that? Okay, so Meatstock Sydney, Saturday's already sold out. It's, it's, it's about, what, 12 days away. It's in two weeks' time. So Saturday's already sold out. Finish, it sold out a week ago. Um, if you want Sunday tickets, there's about 1,000 left or something like that. Uh, they're going to sell out the next week or so. So, um, you know, the thing with barbecue is I can't just let people through the door unannounced because I just can't cater for it. You know, barbecue's not like that. So... If, if people are going to trust me with a $35 ticket, then I better give them a good experience. And so, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't try and take tickets to the door and, and, and take the extra money because um, it's, it's about giving the people that have trusted me to buy a ticket a great experience. So if you want a ticket to Sydney, Sunday, 1,000 tickets left, that's it. That's a very honest, upfront approach, mate, and uh, I'm sure everyone here appreciates um, the uh, effort that you've put into putting on such a great event. Thank you very much for your time. I realise you're a very busy man, and you've got to head off to, uh, to presentations, and I'll catch you again soon. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I'm so excited. I've managed to track down Gus from Gus Face Griller. He's come all the way from WA to, uh, to be here at Meatstock today. And uh, g'day Gus, how you doing and have you been enjoying Meatstock? Yeah, really good mate, good to finally meet you. We've chatted online for a, for a very long time, so good to finally put a face to the name. Uh, Meatstock, I've been here doing demos with ProQ and uh, doing a few live uh, burger demonstrations on the stage, so it's a, a bit of a difference to my usual competing, so I think I prefer just being able to hide and descend and, uh, and compete all weekend, so this is throwing me out of my comfort zone a bit. Mate, that's how we grow. That's, <laughs> that, that's the most important part. So what has been the highlight for you this weekend at Meatstock? I was 100% having the opportunity to get up on the live stage. So, um, yeah, the guys put me up on there. I was basically, I was amongst barbecue royalties. I was, I was on after Jess Pryles before and I was like, who scheduled that? That's a tough act to follow. So, yeah, but it was fun. I love burgers. I love talking about them. So it was good to get up there and, and talk to people about it. Now, I understand that some uh, pretty exciting things are happening for you uh, over in WA at the moment. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on what's happening with your website and your team? And uh, and there's been some awards and things, I understand. Give us a, give us a bit of a rundown on uh, on what you've been doing. Yeah, so I guess comp-wise, we've sort of come to a little bit of a close for a bit. And uh, we've come off a brilliant run. So we've had uh, three comps probably in the last two to three months. Uh, we had uh, Smoking in the Port with my team, the Griller Bees, where we managed to get Reserve Grand Champion. Uh, we had Pork and Cider, an ABA comp. We actually managed to take out Grand Champion, uh, first in ribs and first in chicken. And, uh, and most recently we had Perth's biggest competition today, which was the Yaks Barbecue Festival under KCBS. Uh, I actually had to go solo on that one because the rest of my team was away. Recruited a couple of helpers and somehow managed to jangle the uh, Reserve Grand Champion, which blew me away. So that, that was good. Uh, in terms of like the website, we're still trying to build a bunch of tutorials and it's led to uh, hopefully running a few Weber classes in the near next couple of weeks. So we've had a good response so far and hopefully finally get it off the ground because people have been bugging me for about two years to do them. So, yeah, hopefully get amongst it. Everything's on the up and up, mate. That's fantastic to hear it. Now, they're about to give us the big uh, the big rush inside for the uh, presentation. Have you got any hot tips for who's going to take out some prizes today? Oh, I'd love to see the WA boys, Sandgroper or Griller Warfare get up there. That'd be a, a good thing to see. Naturally, naturally. I'm, I'm hoping that some of the Queenslanders are going to get in there too. So I certainly understand where you're coming from. So what's next for, uh, for Gus Face Griller? Uh, I'm going to get probably back uh, focusing on classes, definitely, trying to get them up and running, find a venue, uh, format a strategy and yeah, get a bit of a class outline happening. Looking forward to it, mate.
thank you very much for your time. I'm seeing them waving us in now, so we've got to head inside and uh, let's see who takes up some trophies. Thank you again for your time. Thanks, mate. See ya. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott.
we then go into overall. This category is sponsored by Cape Green Bee. Michael, you want to come up here with us? Alright, so Michael, on behalf of Cape Green and Tuffy, you're going to be pleased to present the trophies for third place team with $100. Take a walk.
So there you have it, folks. An absolute ripper of a weekend was had by all down in Melbourne with massive congratulations going to Badass Barbecue and Hector's Smokehouse for Grand Champion and Reserve Grand Champion. Jay and the crew put on an awesome event and I'm super excited for the next one. If you're into competition barbecue, you might be interested in my free ebook, 27 Lessons Learned from Competition Barbecue. I've drawn from my experience as both competitor and judge to offer you exclusive inside knowledge to help you make the most of your competition experience. Head to smokinghotconfessions.com slash comp dash ready to get your copy now. There's also a link in the description. Make sure you keep in touch too. Head on over to Facebook and check out my Smoking Hot Confessions page. And if you'd like to further the conversation, join us in the Smoking Hot Confessions community 
a group I've set up dedicated to teaching, learning, and sharing all about barbecue. I'm also on Instagram as Smoking Hot Confessions, Twitter as Barbecue Confessions, and there's also a YouTube channel. Now, I love questions, so please post your questions on any of the social media channels listed earlier or email me directly. If you'd like your event covered or if you have a product you'd like reviewed or just some ideas you'd like to mull over, shoot me an email at ben at smokinghotconfessions.com. Let's have a conversation. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast as these things really help me out a lot on the charts. Take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>